Hello, welcome once again to another episode by Touchstone Financial Education. My name is Elliot. I can be reached at Touchstone Financial Education. Take a look at the website, shoot me an email, let me know what you think, ask any questions. It's all good. Today we are going to review market activity, and I'm going to go back to the beginning of the year because I know your 401k statements, you uh, traders, brokerage savers, are all having a hard go of it, and believe me, you are not alone. So let's kind of get into that today. And also maybe a little on cryptos if I've got some time. The markets have been in correction territory now for most of this year. And what that means is that an index that you would maybe peg your retirement account to, for example, like the S&P 500 or the Dow or the NASDAQ 100, whatever, is down more than 10% from its most recent high. That's the technical definition of a corrected market. A bear market is more than 20% below a most recent high. We got close to a bear market a couple weeks ago on the S&P 500, and a lot of tech stocks have been trading in bear territory since pretty much late last year into early this year. Those of you who are tech stock traders or investors know what I'm talking about and more importantly probably feel it to some extent. Anyway, what do I do now? That's the question, right? Do I jump back in? I got cash. I've been waiting. What type of indicators can I use to determine if this is a good time to jump back in the market? And I like to kind of review things through stuff that you guys can research on your own. A simple Google search will do. All right. So let's go ahead and, and take a look at a few that I like to use just to eyeball simply as to kind of uh, a sentiment gauge as well as a direction of the market. So the first thing I look at in an extremely volatile market like we've had since November of last year, even though I'm talking about year-to-date activity, is I will take a look first and foremost at the VIX, Victor Idaho X-Ray. The VIX is an indicator of volatility. It's issued by the Chicago Board of Exchange. Not that you needed to know that, but what it tells us is as that number goes higher, the markets are more volatile, or put it another way, the markets pull back. So at the lows of the VIX the last couple of years, at around $14 to $16 per share, that's when the market was skyrocketing. So when we had an S&P 500 return of almost 27% last year, the VIX was trading below $20 a share. As the markets began to pull back, that VIX went up and it got as high as 38 And so if you look at two charts, one of the VIX and one of, let's say, the S&P 500, and you can do the same thing to the NASDAQ 100 or the Dow, but what we see is there's a crisscross. The lower the market goes, the higher the VIX goes. But here's the thing. The last few weeks, the VIX has been coming down. So currently, it's trading in the low to mid-20s. Today at the close, it was 24 and change. So it's off of its high of 38. It's down to 24. As that comes down, and history will prove this to be correct, the markets tend to stabilize and then move back in the opposite direction. In this case, go back up. Okay. Another quick glance that you can do is take a look at the 10-year Treasury. That is a bond issued by the federal government that's kind of the benchmark of all interest rates out there, not just what the Fed does now, 
This is a floating market rate, meaning these bonds are traded on an open market, and this rate determines um, everything from, or it helps to determine, I should say, everything from car loans to mortgages, so on and so forth. It's now trading below 3%. And for a while there, as the market was coming down, those bond yields were above 3 So we have the VIX coming down. We have a Treasury yield coming down. Okay, and that's all well and good, but we still need a few other pieces to kind of put this picture together, a composite picture, if you will. All right, I'm looking for indicators of a flattening out or maybe a flipping direction here. All right, another indicator I like to use, again, you can Google all of these yourself. I like to use the fund inflow number. And what that is, it tells us how much money is being put into mutual funds and exchange-traded funds every month. And it's separated into three categories, basically. You've got equity funds, you've got bond funds, and you've got money markets or cash funds, all right? And depending on what investors are feeling or how they're feeling, uh, kind of determines where they put their money. So from the beginning of the year, money has been flowing more often than not into bond funds. And that's a bearish indicator, isn't it? So as the VIX has been climbing, the 10-year the Treasury yield was above 3%, right? And we have this inflow metric that tells us money has been flowing more into bond funds than stock funds. That's kind of bearish. But also in the last couple of weeks, we're starting to slowly see more of a trickling into equity funds. Okay. Also, we do have that cash fund, those money markets, and that's where people kind of hang out if they're undecisive. So that's what that kind of tells us. I'm undecisive. I don't necessarily want bonds. I think growth will return, but I'm not ready to commit yet. Okay. So of those three categories, money has been slowly trickling back into equity funds. And why do we look at all of these things along with some other more specific metrics, which I will get into in later podcasts? We are looking for, again, that change of direction in the market, all right? So what to do after I look for the change? We took a look at our inflow numbers. We know where the treasury yield is. We know how far down the market is because we're in correction territory. Well, so what? All right, what do I do with my retirement dollars? Pretty much nothing. Your 401k, your IRAs, if you had the appropriate allocation before all this, you know what? Let it ride. Okay. And please listen to my previous uh, podcast on asset allocation and retirement accounts because you're in it with those accounts for the long haul. The younger you are, the less you have to be concerned about this. The older you are, hopefully you went into this year with the appropriate allocation so you weren't hurt that bad. All right. So if, for example, year to date, you are down four to let's say 8% then you are a conservative investor, all right? You've got a good chunk in fixed income, maybe some cash. You might have some value stocks or more mature stocks. You're not too aggressive with your investments. If you are, you know, 8 to 12% down, you are more moderate, still slightly conservative. And if you're 12 to 15, you're moderate um, straight across the board. You've got more stocks than bonds very little in cash. Hopefully you got a ways to go for your retirement. And then if you are, you know, 12 to 15% plus, all right, you're an aggressive investor. And hopefully you folks who are 
uh, in negative territory, you know, again, approximately 15% plus or more. I said 12 to 15, but let's just go ahead and say 15 plus. Then I hope you know what you're doing. Good luck because I'm in that category right now as well. All right, nothing wrong with that. That just means we enjoy taking risk and we've got time to go ahead and hang out in this crazy market, wait for things to turn around or perhaps reevaluate some of our positions. Now, last on this list, and I didn't mention it earlier, but last on this list is gold. Gold is traditionally a hedge against inflation. It's a hedge against a weak dollar, and it's also a hedge against uh, a poor performing stock market. Okay, but guess what? We haven't seen gold really pop up since March of 2020 when the pandemic hit the stock market. That's when the markets fell apart. If some of you remember, you're watching, you might have seen it on your um, March statements for your brokerage accounts and on your first quarter statements of that year for your retirement accounts. All right. Gold is trading a little over $1,800 an ounce. Back in 2020, it popped up to almost $2,000 an ounce. So gold has really been flat. So people aren't necessarily afraid to where they're running to precious metals or cash, if you will. They are looking, in my opinion, and waiting for the stock market to return. Okay, And again, going back to that inflow number, we saw money flowing into bond funds more than cash and equity. That's starting to, to flip a little bit more into equity than bond funds and those cash funds. So gold is a hedge bonds we take a look at the vix we kind of get a composite picture of all that's going on we take a look at our individual performance again four to seven eight to twelve twelve to fifteen and fifteen plus depending on the kind of investor you are please evaluate your positions accordingly all right there's nothing wrong with hanging on and here's something else i'd like you guys to do go ahead and on your google page there type in s PX, Sam Paul X-Ray. That's the ticker for the S&P 500. Now, on the Google page, the little chart will come up. It's in green. All right, go all the way out to max on the chart. And you will see that since the 80s, for the most part, that index has done nothing but gone up. Now, there will be some dips there. And those dips you can recognize as the tech bubble bursting, the housing bubble bursting and affecting the markets around 09-2010, okay? And then now you see it happening today, all right? So about every 10 years, the markets are going to do this. So I, I bring this up to say there's not necessarily a need to be too concerned if you've got time to let your money recoup the losses, okay? Again, if you're on the cusp of retiring and needing income, that is another podcast entirely. But if you've got time to wait and you look at that chart, put everything you're feeling into context relative to previous market activity, which is this. The markets always turn around. And if you look at those segments on that chart once you hit max, you notice that every time the market does this, what it's doing today, it lasts you know, no more than 12 months. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the eighth month of this pullback. You know, I started with January to current. We're only in the sixth month, of course, but the pullback really started in November. So we're eight months in to potentially what could be uh, up to a year in length pullback on the market. Now, that doesn't mean that we run for the hills. It doesn't necessarily mean we jump in today, but this is a great opportunity 
to go ahead and start taking a look at things and preparing for the next leg up in the market. And I'm going to add something else here too. We are doing this in the market at a time when traditionally, whether we're in a bull run, a bear market, a corrected market, whatever, the summertime usually slows things down. Okay, people aren't as active in the markets, volume drops off in trading for you traders out there. And so it's a good time to do some strategizing, right? And it just so happens that you can do it at a time after the markets have pulled back. So don't expect too much out of the markets over the summer. But come the fall, when kids are back in school, vacations are done, etc., take a look at the activity because that will be a telltale sign of where we are going fourth quarter and um, early into 23, all right? So we want to remember the VIX, 10-year treasury yield, maybe gold prices, that inflow number. We want to see more money flowing into equity funds. That means there's a change of sentiment. And we want to track our portfolio according to where we are with our asset allocation. And at the end of the day, I can't stress this enough, 401ks, IRAs, just hang on. You know, I'm not saying don't open your statements or don't log into your account, but you are better off by hanging on because if you take losses now, it will take that much longer to recoup. Those people who hung on in 2010, by 2011, they were not only making money, but for most of them, they were profitable. Same thing in 01 when the tech bubble burst. Okay, if you hung on, you had some good stuff, especially if you're using mutual funds and things like that, you would have been already making money into O2. Okay, however, those who sold, it took a couple years longer to recoup those losses. So the lesson here is hang on, be diligent about what you have. Okay, if you've got some cash that you think you might like to commit to your taxable investment account, to your brokerage account, now's the time to start thinking long and hard about putting that money to work, especially if you've got one, two, three years at least to go ahead and make those investments. Because now, ladies and gentlemen, is when profit is truly made. When the markets are beaten up, everybody's feeling bad about what they've invested in, they don't want to look at their statements. That's when smart people turn around, do some analysis and say, you know what, I'm going to jump in despite the fact that everybody else is afraid. Okay. Now, again, there are other metrics out there. And on my next podcast, I'd really like to get into some screener materials. And a screener is just a way to, to find stocks. All right. Every platform has one. And with that, we will dive more into some of these metrics to take a look at perhaps individual stock positions, as well as sector fund investing. And for those of you who've listened to me before, you know that sector funds are funds that invest in very narrow bands of the market, like communication services, or clean energy, or chips, etc. Okay, so we'll go through some things that, that you know, you can take a look at um, to help you along your way. With that said, I'm going to keep this one kind of short today. All right, so please enjoy the beginning of your summer. Take a look at these metrics I spelled out to kind of observe a turnaround in the market. Do some analysis to prepare yourself for the fall. Use the summer malaise, if you will, to go ahead and uh, get ready. Keep listening. Thank you very much for listening, by the way. And again, shout out to those international folks. TouchstoneFinancialEducation.com is the website. You can reach out to me. Once again, my name is Elliot. Thank you for listening. And 
Like you, I'm hoping things improve sooner than later. Bye-bye.